0: again and welcome to another edition of This Week in Labor. I am your host, Tim Bilodeau, and we have a lot of ground to cover this week, so let's just dive right in. Our first story is from NewsGuild.org and is written by Dean Olson. The title of the article is, Journalists at the Florida Times Union Vote Union. By a 2-to-1 margin, journalists at the Florida Times Union voted Thursday to form a union becoming only the third unionized newsroom staff in the Sunshine State. The 18 to 9 vote by the staff of Florida's oldest newspaper means the News Guild CWA will represent Times Union's employees as they bargained their first labor contract with the paper's owner, Gatehouse Media. This vote was about continuing strong local journalism by considering the needs and goals of the people who create it, said Steve Patterson, a Times Union reporter since 1987 and member of the staff's union organizing committee. Today's vote happened after a lot of discussion and debate in the newsroom. Not everyone agreed on the choice. We all agreed we want to keep the Times Union healthy and indispensable to its community. With a circulation of 44,750 daily, 68,600 on Sunday, and daily page views of about 380,000 on Jacksonville.com, the Times Union follows Gatehouse's Lakeland Ledger and Sarasota Herald Tribune, both of which unionized after successful News Guild organizing drives in 2016. The Jacksonville Papers' award-winning newsroom staff first announced its union organizing campaign on June 19th. Leaders of the effort said they wanted to form a union that ensures journalists have a formal voice in the workplace to preserve jobs and advocate for journalists' ability to serve the community amid financial pressures in the newspaper industry that threaten irreparable harm. This has always been about building up our newsroom and its people, and I am so proud that we are taking this step together, said Times Union reporter Tessa Duval, a staff member for three years, and an ongoing committee member. We are going to build a legacy that will make this place we love better for those who come next. Patterson added, The Times Union's editors and publisher have long records of promoting quality journalism. It's in the interest of both employees and managers to continue that, and we'll keep that at the top of our list of goals as we pursue a contract. Stagnant and low wages for many employees have been a big concern for Times Union employees under Gatehouse and Morris Communications, which sold the Times Union to Gatehouse in 2000. Employees still haven't recovered from pay cuts up to 10% under Morris in 2009. The union contract, according to a mission statement drafted by leaders of the organizing drive, will ensure that newsroom staff members have a say in the paper's future and force the paper's owner to deal directly with its employees. Andrew Pantazzi, a Times Union reporter for more than five years and an organizing committee member, said, We will continue to talk to all of our hardworking colleagues to ensure we speak with one voice. At as we fight for a fair and strong contract. Kirk Davis, CEO of Gatehouse Media, has job protections built into his contract. It's not too much to demand that we journalists have the same. Our next story this week comes to us from CommonDreams.org and is titled Walmart Patents Big Brother Style Surveillance Technology to Eavesdrop on Workers' Conversations. It's written by Jessica Corbett. Just the latest corporation to spark privacy concerns over worker surveillance efforts. Walmart has patented audio technology that would allow the retail giant to eavesdrop on conversations among employees and between clerks and shoppers to measure employee performance. According to the patent document filed with the U.S. government, Walmart is calling the invention listening to the front end. The patent reads, in part, many different types of sounds result from people in a shopping facility. For example, guests of the shopping facility may talk amongst each other or with employees of the shopping facility. Additionally, guest and employee movements and activities can generate additional sounds. A need exists for ways to capture the sounds resulting from the people in the shopping facility and determine performance of employees based on those sounds. In addition to capturing conversations, according to the patent, Walmart's spy system could also track the length of lines at the checkout counter, how many items are scanned, and the number of bags employees use. Although the technology could, for example, determine if a line is too long and more cashier lanes need to open, Ifioma Ajunwa... An assistant professor at Cornell University's Industrial and Labor Relations School told BuzzFeed News there is a lot of potential for misuse. There's potential for mission creep where it's more like, as a cashier, you're too friendly, you're talking too much, and therefore not moving people along, so let's penalize you. Ajunwa explained. Even though the technology is presented as interested in one thing, the fact that it has the potential for both things to be captured is of concern. While the patent claims that tracking performance metrics for employees to ensure that the employees are performing their jobs efficiently and correctly can aid in achieving these cost savings for the company and increases in guest satisfaction. Agenwa said that several studies have shown that there is a psychological impact of pervasive surveillance, pointing to findings that it can actually lead to this opposition feeling where employees view the employer not as a benevolent but as dictators, and it can impact that attitude toward the higher-up and can lead to resistance. This Big Brother-style surveillance feels icky, especially from a retail giant known for its terrible abuses of its underpaid employees, Splinter noted. But although the patent is raising privacy and labor rights concerns, a general warned that Walmart has a legal leg to stand on and likely wouldn't even have to notify employees. Frankly, as long as the employer can make an argument for why the surveillance is necessary for a business purpose as opposed to a discriminatory po- discriminatory purpose there's no law that says consent is required she said and a union may be able to negotiate a contract requiring disclosure and potentially even other rules about the system but Walmart is notorious for union busting through surveillance intimidation and retaliation this appears to be a major development for the retail work environment but BuzzFeed pointed out that similar surveillance systems have long been used in call centers where calls are recorded and reviewed and employees are rated based on what they say and what the outcome of the call was. Others compare the technology to patents that Amazon secured in February for a wristband that could be worn by warehouse employees to monitor where their hands go when they pack boxes, a development that alarmed privacy and workers' advocates. In a statement to BuzzFeed, Walmart declined to divulge any plans to develop and implement its patented surveillance tool. We're always thinking about new concepts and ways that will help us further enhance how we serve customers the company said, but we don't have any further details to share on these patents at this time. Walmart is the country's largest employer, which means technology like this, if implemented, would have an impact on millions of Americans, Splinter highlighted. It seems we don't need an authoritarian state to monitor our every thought. Our biggest corporations are happy to do it for us. Our next story comes to us from InTheseTimes.com and is written by Juan Cruz Fair. The title of the article is These Union Members Are Going to War with the Largest Private Developed Project in U.S. History. It's 6 o'clock a.m. on a cold winter morning. A crowd of sturdy bodies, mostly construction workers, packs a corner in midtown Manhattan. The chants of open shop, broken shop can be heard from blocks away amidst the New York City traffic. The January 11th weekly rally, one of many continuing to the present, was held in the shadow of a structural behemoth standing at 1,296 feet and scheduled to open in 2019. Hudson Yards is the largest private development project in US history, but while billions of dollars are poured into it every year, the main developer, Related is trying to reduce costs by hiring non-union labor. Workers of all trades are standing up together to keep the jobs union. The months-long rally started in November and endured through the harsh winter every Thursday morning. Now they continue into the summer with campaign organizers staging additional rallies on Tuesday afternoons. The campaign, known on social media as hashtag count me in, originated last year in a rank and file effort to keep union jobs at Hudson Yards. Every so often, a massive march shakes the streets of midtown Manhattan. Related is refusing to sign a new project labor agreement, PLA, Signing such an agreement would prohibit them from employing non-union workers and reduce the labor costs in the second phase of the project. Currently, union workers earn on average 42 percent higher wages than non-union workers. PLAs are deals between employers and unions for specific construction projects that override existing collective bargaining agreements. PLAs in the past few decades have typically concluded concessions from labor in terms of pay and work rules to compel employers to hire union workers. Unfortunately, PLAs often include a no-strike pledge, which requires labor to give up its most powerful weapon against bosses. Related has expressed through their spokesperson, Joanna Rose, that they will not negotiate with the Building and Construction Trades Council of Greater New York. In times of economic downturn, employers argue that the only way to keep the shop afloat is by lowering costs, And so workers have to bear part of the burden and tighten their belts for the benefit of all. But when business thrives, only employers reap the profits. The construction sector has seen vigorous growth after the dust from the economic crash settled. The U.S. construction industry climbed from value-added, five hundred and forty seven billion dollars in two thousand eleven to eight hundred and twenty six billion dollars in two thousand sixteen according to the u.s bureau of economic analysis new york city's landscape is indeed a microcosm of this construction boom with cranes and bare bones towers springing across the city between two thousand ten and two thousand sixteen employment in construction of buildings in new york grew almost fifty percent from thirty to over 43,000 registered workers. Hudson Yards is by far the most significant private development in the city, with an estimated 4,000 construction workers employed on any given day. Expected to be completed by 2025, the entire project will cost $25 billion. Although presented as a mega project built on idle land, Hudson Yards needs to be contrasted with alternative projects proposed for that space. Tom Ngati, an urban policy scholar and author of New York for Sale, told in these times, people in Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen, local businesses, small businesses, got together and said this is what we want the area to look like. They presented their vision, the city patiently listened, and then went ahead and structured the Hudson Yards deal the way they wanted anyway. In January of 2005, the City Council approved the Bloomberg administration's plan to rezone the far west side of Manhattan to allow the wholesale construction of high-rise towers. Community boards, it is stipulated in the city charter, have to be consulted on development proposals like this one. But whatever they say, scholar David Hall of CUNY Graduate Center told in these times, it's only advisory. According to Hall, if they say they love it, it goes through. If they say they don't like it, it still goes through. There is no doubt that this mega project is changing the view of Manhattan's West Side, deepening the gentrification of Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen. Although developers made sure to include some affordable units in the project, a future that allows them to build taller, the average cost of the regular unit is out of reach for working class people. Of the building's 251 apartments, just 63 are affordable units. Other units, meanwhile, rent for high prices, with one-bedroom apartments priced at $5,400 a month. None of us tradespersons can afford those apartments, says Mark Davis, a tile setter and member of Local 7. So in my opinion, what they consider affordable housing is just an illusion. In February, Related filed a federal lawsuit against Mr. LaBarbera, they accused him and the unions working at Hudson Yards of corruption and violation of the labor agreement signed by both parties before starting the construction. The Trades Council accused Related in court of unlawful labor practices that unfairly targeted workers who supported the hashtag count campaign. Other lawsuits were filed against trade-off and other companies subcontracted by Related, which had employed non-union contractors. Workers say the real purpose behind Related's legal attack is to sideline the Building Trades Council and negotiate with individual unions or replace union workers with non-union ones when possible. Initial works in the foundations of 55 Hudson Yards with non-union workers sparked the outrage of union members at the very earliest stages of the development project. If you bring someone to work side-by-side with us and pay them 15 bucks an hour because that's what you think he's worth, And we know that we put our lives on the line day in and day out. It's a smack in the face to us, says Desmond Rivers, sheet metal worker at Hudson Yards. Existing frictions within the building trades may allow related to drive a wedge between them, undermining them all. The outcome of this battle will have lasting consequences for the labor movement in New York and beyond. In the past few decades, the building trades unions, much like most other unions, have given up concessions to allow their employers to compete with non-union contractors. Anger among workers, particularly among apprentices, has grown for this reason, and the rank and file origins of Hashtag CountMeIn clearly show that the membership is ready to fight. The outcome of this landmark struggle may well depend on whether the unions involved can become a vehicle for advancing class struggle and not cross-class compromise. The Hashtag CountMeIn campaign has the potential to break the decades-long decline in union membership in the building trades in New York, especially if it opens an opportunity for the active engagement of the rank and file this means mobilizing members but also encouraging them to discuss the next steps and take the campaign in their hands all in all winning this battle will likely require the undertaking of bold actions disruptive pickets and even breaking the law or going on strike if necessary and that's gonna wrap things up again for another edition of this week in labor don't forget to follow us on iTunes and Facebook. Have a great week.
1: You've got to join that one big union. You've got to join it by yourself. Everybody here will join it with you you've gotta join the one big union by yourself if the road gets rough and rocky and the hills get steep and high we will sing as we go marching that we'll win the one big union by and by brothers gotta join that one big union Brother's got to join it by himself. Everybody here will join it with him. Brother's got to join the one big union by himself. gotta join that one big union. Sister's gotta join it by herself. Everybody here will join it with her. sister gotta join the one big union by herself. Everybody gotta join that one big union. Everybody gotta join it by herself. Everybody here will join it with them. Yes. Sir gonna join one big union by myself. I'm gonna join that one big union I'm gonna join it by myself don't want nobody to join it for me I'm gonna join one big union by myself I'm gonna join that one big union yes I am I'm gonna join it by myself. Don't want nobody to join it for me, I'm gonna join the one big union by myself.